We met Bill and Sue in probably about 1986, something like that. And actually in Norway, we met them in Norway. Uh, Bill came, came over to Norway uh, and I'd been listening to a guy called Derek Brown, who also you know. Um, and I don't know if Bill was sent from Kings or we, I don't know, something. But I can't even remember. But anyway, we, we got the connection with Bill and Sue right back then. And we've had it ever since then. Uh, and it's a great privilege. It's a blessing. We've had a weekend together now. We've enjoyed ourselves. It's been very nice. Reminiscing amongst other things, but it's been, uh, it's been a wonderful time. And Billy's a real father, and Sue is a real mother, uh, not only to their own children, but to many people around. In fact, in fact, Bill was probably my first spiritual father, in that sense. Um, I think when I came to Charlestown, all the Charlestown folks will know Bill and Sue as well. So it's a blessing and a privilege for us to have you with us, Bill and Sue. Just be at home. I'm sure you are, and uh, yeah, come and share. Yeah, wonderful. Give him a good welcome. Oh yes, they live in Pool, of course. Pool down, which is down south. It's very posh. <laughs> and you hear that with Bill's accent. He's got a very posh accent. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Paul, thank you. <laughs> Shall I go? I'm all right here, am I? Yeah. Oh, it's great to be back here. Wow. It's one of my homes. Oh, all right then. <laughs> this is one of my spiritual homes. I've got very fond memories of uh, whenever it was. Was it really that far away? You were, tw you were 29 when I met you. Three so. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> And I was, not what I am now. <laughs> but anyway, there we are. We won't go there. But it's great to be here. It's great to be in the church. The building's so wonderful outside and inside. And I said to, I think it was to Adam, that, uh, well, that was to Paul, that you're so wonderful. Because as soon as you sort of approach, you sense, you know, the love of God through you. Because, you know, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, isn't it? To each other. You know, and I like household name. I've been preaching on household recently but we are we're a family you know we need we've got Jesus that's wonderful and he's always there inside you know we love him but actually but actually you know we also love each other and we need each other you know and I said to Paul as we we're coming in that uh, you know to be part of a kingdom church it costs you everything doesn't it but it's wonderful isn't it I would hate to be unsaved you know, and not sort of doing anything or not being part of a community, even though our community is a bit small. But, you know, but I've known people all over the world. You know, God's given me such a great life. And, I'm, you know, it's not finishing yet. You know, and it's just privilege. It's just privilege. And, you know, Shipley's one of the places, you know, it's one of the places that I think about and pray about. And it's a privilege to be here. You know, you're great. In fact, the Lord said to me during the worship, tell them that I love them. But you know that, don't you? And then, then I felt he said, tell them that I'm impressed with your faithfulness. And what do you do? Start singing about faithfulness. <laughs> so I didn't really, need to, didn't really need to say anything. But we need to know, you know, that God's for us. Yes. You know, he's our father. He loves us. And even when we blow it, 
Put your hand up if you've ever blown it. Don't put your hands up if you've ever blown it. You've all put your... No, you, you have to be careful when I ask those questions. If somebody doesn't put their hand up, I'll go for it. Because <laughs> we all blow it, don't we? Even I blow it. <laughs> My wife's here now. She's, so I've got, I've got to behave when she's here. So, uh, but we do. But he's always there, you know. My dad was a great dad, but he wasn't a Christian, you know. And he was very male, you know, and he was private. And he didn't used to talk about deep things. So when I got saved, it was a total embarrassment. He could talk to me about football and various other things, which, you know, which is, which is great. But when I became a Christian, he didn't want to know. He was embarrassed. Religion. And it was only towards the end, you know, towards the end of his life that when he got, you know, not so well, so he had bad, his body was bad, he had, you know, various things, and he allowed Sue and I to lay hands upon him and pray for him on a regular basis, and his spirit opened up. You know, and, we, and I prayed with him before he, before he died. He got dementia as well, so you know, it's all, all that. We've had some good, you know, you think Christians are immune, you know, to suffering. They are not, are they? You know, we're in the world, and that's what happens, you know, and we do lose people. We've lost members of our family prematurely, you know, and parents having dementia and stuff like that. But it's part of life. We fight it, but it's part of life, don't we? So uh, the other thing I felt I was thinking about was, was actually track and field, athletics. And I was thinking about running, you know, and it's something that we, that we, that we identify with because we're in a race, aren't we? But you know what, but when I was at school, I used to sort of, you know, I was good at lots of things, but, but people used to beat me in things as well, which really annoyed me. But, but, but I ran everything. I don't think I ran the hurdles. No, I don't think I did that. But you know, you're, you're running 50 metres in the hurdles, 100 metres, 200 metres, 400 metres, 800 metres, 1,500 metres, then it goes up 5,000 metres, 20,000 metres, marathon. But I just thought, you know, well, the Christian race isn't a sprint, and it's not the other things, but it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the final one. It's a marathon. And it isn't 26 miles or whatever, and the rest of the yards. It's life, isn't it? And sometimes, again, we need a rest. We need to realise, you know, that we're loved and blessed. And sometimes we just need to rest. Doesn't mean we stop running, but it means that we allow God to minister to us peace and rest. There's a rest for the people of God. It doesn't mean we watch television endlessly, but it's a rest, a rest of faith, isn't it? It means that it's God doing what he wants to do through us rather than us trying to show him how wonderful we are. Praise God. Oh, I have a funny feeling that what I'm going to share on this morning, with my Bible, my telephone, is uh, something like listening to Paul, talking to Paul. Was, I, I hope I'm not carrying coals to Newcastle, but this is a second layer if you've already got a first layer, okay? So I'm moving on what I'm, what I'm getting. Uh, I want to speak about trauma. Now you know what that word means, don't you, up here? But I want to speak on trauma. There are two places in the New Testament where the translation of wound... Trauma. What was it? Trauma. Well, I say trauma. <laughs> so, right. Paul is officially my translator, okay? <laughs> and as for this posh bit, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I've never been accused of being posh before. 
Right, what am I doing? I've lost. Right, here we go. Okay, right. Uh, Luke 10. Luke 10, and it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Okay, yeah, what I was saying. There's two places in the New Testament where wound is translated by the Greek word trauma. <laughs> I sound a bit American talking like that. If I say it the way I say it, please forgive me, but you know what I'm talking about. So, 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 so the parable of the Good Samaritan is the first place. We, we know the parable of the Good Samaritan, don't we? Don't we? Quite, don't we? I have to admit that when, when I read it, I read it and it annoys me. But anyway, I'll tell you, I won't, it won't annoy me today. But, I, but that's one of the places. And the other place is Acts 19. It's very, very interesting. And it's where the, where the sons of Sceva decide they were exorcists, but they decided that they wanted to be able to do what Paul did and to cast out demons from demonised people. And do you know the story? Make a great cartoon. But it's true. That's no, not true. It's a parable, so. No, it's not a parable. It was, tr- was true. Sorry. Big pardon. I repent. But, uh, but what happened was, you know, you, you get to that point, and then, and then the demon, or the, the demon speaks to these sons of Sceva. This is funny. I think this is funny. You know that demons speak through us, don't they? Not for you, but through people. And, and, and the demon said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but I don't know you. And you know what happened, don't you? Yes, they had a bad time. So what, what they were really looking forward to, they got beaten up by, by, by these, by these demonised people, and they were left naked, and they rushed out, and it says that, that they were wounded, and it's that word, they were traumatised. Traumatised. Anyway... You know what I mean. All right. So, so, so I've only just found out this, found this out, found this out recently. It's really, it's really got me. It's grabbed me. I've been preaching around a bit. So if I can find Luke chapter 10, I'm going to read the, I'm going to read the parable. I use my telephone just to annoy my wife. No, I don't. <laughs> I didn't hear that, Sue. Verse 35. Verse 30, is it verse 35 or verse 25? Verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him, Jesus, to the test. There were some nasty people in the New Testament, you know. And they were lawyers and scribes and Pharisees. And they killed him in the end, but they didn't. But they were the opposition. When you see the spirit that's in other religions and Christianity as well, because you know we get very sort of bigoted. Some of not not us, but you know there's some bad areas in the church, aren't there? There's a there's a religious spirit and it's nasty, and it's nasty and it wants to kill those that aren't the same as they are. Nasty. Yeah, we know the extremes of it, don't we? In our country as well as in other countries. But anyway, so this, this was a, a teacher of the law. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? That's what he, the question he asks. He said to him, Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? He was a lawyer. The law, the Torah, actually, they ran the nation by the Torah. The Sanhedrin, they implemented it and people had to live by it. 
There wasn't, there wasn't, it wasn't optional. So when we think of the Jewish Torah, it's something in the past which they lived by, and we think of the Ten Commandments and all the other bits that went with it, but this was legal. Okay, so, so Jesus was under the law as a Jew. He said some positive things about the law, not just, you know, not negative things. What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbour as yourself. Wonderful, isn't it? Cool. You think that through. Think that through. Think what he's saying. Right, first shock, really. It's impossible. And Jesus, in Matthew 5, towards the end of the first, you know, Matthew 5, he, he turns to the disciples, because he's teaching the disciples, and he says that we're to love our enemies and to pray for those that persecute you. That's even, that's even harder. So, you know, so this is why I, I sort of, I used to sort of read this, and I used to think, oh, I don't know if I like this, I don't like, don't like Jesus' answer to this. But, but as, it, as the parable goes on, you know, you sort of get this picture of, of actually, we don't make it. Not only do the Jews and the lawyers not make it, but in the natural, we don't make it, and that's why Jesus came, so we don't have to make it, but he makes us into what he wants to be, doesn't he? And within, and within us, by the Spirit, the law is written on our hearts and we want to do what the law says. We want to show compassion on the needy and we want to, well, and we know it's right to love our enemies. That's a hard one, isn't it? And to pray for those that persecute us. If I, I say something to you and I say it, you know, I'd say it to the church, I say it to our people and I sort of say, that if you think that persecution is going to get easier, it isn't. It's going to get harder. You know, we read about all the persecution that happens in India and Pakistan and Iran and China and all these places and lots of other, more, more, many, many more places. But it's going to be tougher to follow Jesus in this country. It is, it is tougher now than it was 10 years ago, wasn't it? And suddenly, you know, we're, we're that sort of quirky bunch of people that don't, that don't believe everything everybody else believes. You know, and culture and, and, and the people, that people, I won't go into the spiritual side of things, but, but they're trying to make people believe what they believe and you can't have your say and disagree. Otherwise, you're a whatever, racist, sexist or whatever, and actually beginning to get prosecuted as well. It was a wonderful... Who was it? It was the social worker in Sheffield, wasn't it, who lost his position as on, on the doing his degree because he expressed views which weren't acceptable. And I think the Jewish, the, the Christian, the Christian system took him to court. And he actually won his won his appeal last week. I think it was last week. And I'm sure that they will appeal, and it hasn't finished yet. But he won, and he said that. That, that you do have free expression, we do have free expression, and you can express what you feel. But if you do, you'll catch it, won't you? But get ready to catch it, because we're not for going backwards, are we? But we do need wisdom and, and sensitivity, and more than everything which we see in this parable, we need compassion. 
I was reading Lyndon Bowring. If you haven't heard of him, don't worry about it. I haven't really heard of him either. But in the background, he's been around a long time. And he says, well, you know, 25, 30 years ago, you know, we would, we would get up and we would protest, you know, but we wouldn't protest in grace. We would just protest because we believe that we are right. But we lack compassion and we were nasty in our protest. And he says that we have to learn to have compassion to talk to people and disagree with people. I thought, uh, help me. Not that I, you know, I, lo- I love people. I don't love what's going on, though. I don't think God does. But he loves people, irrespective, doesn't he? Hallelujah. Well, where, where am I? But, but he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbour? He's, try- he's, he's trying to trick He's trying to trip Jesus up. That's what they do. If you read the whole of the New Testament, all the Gospels, they're trying to trip him up, aren't they? He was great, though, wasn't he? That wisdom, the wisdom that he had was amazing. And we have that, don't we? Okay, and Jesus said a man was going down to Jerusalem, to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance... A priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Now, I used to read this, and I used to, religious people, you know. But now, I identify with the priest. And the next one. So likewise, the Levites, now they were sort of in the worship group, well, they were in the the music side of things. And when he came, came to the place and saw him, Passed by on the other side. See, Jesus is very controversial because his heroes are Samaritan. And I think God wants us to be controversial. He wants us not to have favourites, not to play safe, but to get in where the need is, you know, and where the Samaritans are. We don't have, we don't, we've got plenty of Samaritans in our lives, haven't we? Have you? Yeah. I have. But a Samaritan, as he, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, this is, the, this is the challenge. He had compassion. We are told of Jesus, you know, in the Gospels, that he, he, was, he moved, was moved with compassion. When he, got, when he got to Bethany, where his friend had died, he wept. He was moved with compassion. Now, us, we British, you can't identify with that, don't worry about it. But we Western Christians, not all of us, and I'm identifying with it, we're not very good at compassion. We're British, stiff upper lip and all that, aren't we? We tough it out, don't we? But we don't get involved with compassion. I can count on my hand how many times I've cried, I think. I have, but not many times. I just, I don't know, I just, God still needs to sort of pommel me into shape, I think. You know, but I feel for people. I have compassion with a small c, but it, it's not consistent. But the Samaritan, the anti-hero, was the one that Jesus chose. And he had compassion. So, as we read on. So he saw him and had compassion. I'll tell you. When I watch the television, I have to be a bit careful what I watch now. The news is worse than anything else if you're not careful. But you see so much need, don't you? You see, here's so many horrible things that are going on that it desensitises you. You get familiar with it. Don't you? And you get all these people, are, you know, asking for money. 
you know, to help people in, 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 in third world countries. And it desensitises you, doesn't it? But we still need to be involved in that, don't we? The, the, I think one of the reasons why the Lord sort of laid this on my heart is that we need to be like the Samaritan because we are surrounded by need. And a lot of the need doesn't come into our meetings. We have to go out, or we don't have to go out, but, but in everyday life, it's there, isn't it? In the neighbourhood, in the street, where we work, friends of friends, even family and friends of family, it's there, isn't it? We, we, we do healing rooms still. We've been doing it for a long time. 16 years, I think. And uh, last, we, don't, we do it fortnightly at the moment, but last, last uh, week, we had a new, we had this lady that came in with a 11-year-old boy, and she was uh, Colombian. And she was, uh, she was, you know, she was, she was obviously had permission to be in the country. And her boy was, was, was I, I don't know what the right word of saying is, but I would say he was mentally retarded, so he'd been traumatised. And he'd been traumatised because her husband was, a, was, was not good and had been beating the family. And he'd seen, seen him beat, beat her up on a regular basis and it affected him, obviously. Okay, so anyway, she's, she's, she's a believer. She goes to a church in Bournemouth and he goes, she's got a friend there, so we encourage him. It's a good church and stuff. But she comes into healing rooms, you know, to share the burden of what she's got. You know, it, that's an example of people that we meet, isn't it? That one's Colombian. A lot of them are British, aren't they, as well? Family, family life's broken down in many places, hasn't it? And so, you know, there aren't fathers and, you know, goodness knows whatever's going on. Then you get partners that aren't good partners and do things they should, shouldn't be doing. And people are just traumatised and needy, aren't they? Not everybody, but a lot of people, more and more. But the Samaritan, when he stopped, he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay when I come back. It's lovely. It's absolutely amazing, isn't it? It's a parable. It's a story. This is what was going on. This was real. Jesus knew about this because this was happening. Robbers were around and people were being mugged and killed or nearly killed. This guy, if this Samaritan hadn't have stopped, would have died, wouldn't he? He was half dead anyway. So, you know, so it's lovely. It's lovely and it's right. You know, we identify with the Samaritan and what he did, it was dangerous, but he took his life into his own hands. He's more kept concerned about that person, you know, stripped naked and dying than himself. There's the challenge, isn't it? And that's what Jesus was like, wasn't it? You know, Paul was telling me a few things yesterday. I like, I like being with Paul and Shasti. Because Paul, Paul's a goer. Paul, Paul is a spiritual muscle man. He's, he's sort of big in faith. Um, and he's bold. Not because he's from Yorkshire. He's bold. <laughs> and when most of us would run a mile, he races in the opposite direction towards where the trouble is. In faith. And he sorts it out. Because God's got given him that anointing. 
You're lucky I need to wrap him around. So luck, shouldn't use that word lucky, should I? Shouldn't. You're blessed. Oh, I slipped again. But you're blessed. You're, but, but I've mentioned Paul. I could, you know, you could stand up and tell me all the other people and what they're doing, and I could tell you what I do. <laughs> I won't. But, 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 you know, but, but that's it. But that's this. In this man, in the, in the character of the Good Samaritan, actually it was Jesus himself basically saying that that's what he's looking for. People like the Samaritan who doesn't stop, who doesn't, sorry, who does stop and does get involved, gets his hands dirty and helps and cares despite danger. We don't like danger, do we? We run a mile. We protect our families, you know, we, we make sure that, you know, we, we patrol the streets when our children grow up just to make sure they don't get into trouble. Actually, it's impossible. But it's, it's that, isn't it? And when you read the news and read the newspapers, you hear what's going on, you know, a spirit of fear can grip you and control you and you, it paralyzes you. And we don't need to be paralyzed, do we? Hallelujah. And they're there. And, that, and where it says about the wounds, if I go back, verse 34, he went to him, bound him up, bound up his wounds, and that word is, tra- is trauma. That is the Greek word, trauma. So the wounds, what he suffered, was trauma. Now I'm going to give you a definition of trauma. I see I'm working hard on this. Ready? All right, so I'm all right. I'll get a lecture going back this afternoon. She put me right. Oxford definition of the word trauma. She's heard this four times before at least, so she'll tell me off for that as well. Injury, wound, condition resulting from this. Psychologically, unpleasant or disturbing experience which where neurosis forms, which is derangement of normal function due to disorders of the nervous system. That's what trauma is. It's a little word, isn't it? But it's got a big meaning. And if you sort of think, so, I mean, if, if I, I haven't had an experience where I've been beat, you know, where, where that's happened to me, I had an experience a few years ago when I was, I used to have a dog called Wicket. It was the last Rapso, killer it was. I used to walk it. Nobody else did. Sue did sometimes. But the boys never did, and it was their dog, but we won't go there. <laughs> but, I used to walk, but I used to walk the dog and pray. It used to be part of my ministry. And one day in the winter, it was quiet, and I went down to a local park to walk the dog. And in those days, it must have been a long time ago, because I had the black BMW. I had a black BMW, and it was a few years old. But anyway, I went down to this park, put, parked in the car park, and immediately, this little young man in a beat-up car jumped out of his car and ran into the woods. So I thought, that's a bit strange, isn't it? Anyway, so we had our walk. And we were walking around the, this, this, this park. And I walked past this tall, thin, gaunt man on a mobile phone. I didn't, you know, I didn't really take much notice. I just walked past him. Then I went further, and then I saw the little man who who jumped out of the car, and he was on his mobile phone. And so they were talking to each other, and they had decided that they wanted my black BMW, I think, and so they were going to mug me. So there's one behind me who's big, tall, and gaunt, and one in front who's sort of not 
big, tall and gaunt, but young and bouncy. So, I want, so I'm going, oh, crumbs, I haven't been in this situation before. What do I do? What do I do? And I start to sort of get a little bit nervous as well and start thinking, they want the, they're going to beat me up and still rob me. So I thought, so I turned around and I thought, there's a, there's a path. If I get past that tall, gaunt one, I think it looked like a drug addict, there's a little path that leads out of the park and I'll, and I'll go for it. So, so there I was, you know, with this ra really big last rapso. I did have an umbrella though. <laughs> and I walked back and I had my flesh as well. I had my, I had my old me on board. So if the guy had attacked me, but he didn't, I'm not quite sure what I would have done. But my imagination would have told me that I wouldn't have just let him attack me. But there were two against one. But anyway, the dog was on my side. Actually, the law was on my side, I shouldn't say that, should I? Anyway, the, th the thing is that, you know, he didn't attack me and I got out and I got unscathed and I phoned the police and et cetera, et cetera, and lived happily ever after, amen. But it... <laughs> the trouble is, though, the trouble is that that experience, even though it didn't happen, it traumatised me. So every time I went for a walk and I saw somebody who I didn't know, it was somebody like I'd met in the park. And I had this trauma. And it was with me for, I would say, three or four years before eventually having, having prayer and getting, you know, being in the word, it, it, it left. And it's gone. And I think, you know, and that, you might think, well, that's no big deal. But it was a big deal at the time. You know, and, it, and it was in that lovely place called Paul. It was a lovely park, you know, very middle class, very safe. But it wasn't. But anyway, so, so that, that I'm just trying to sort of get the, the trauma bit. I won't go into the Seven Sons of Sceva, okay? But, but they were beaten. They were stripped. They, 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 they came out naked and they had the same problem. They were traumatised. These exorcists were traumatised. I mean, you could preach lots of things out of that story, but I'm talking about trauma. We don't know what happened to them, but we do know what happened to the man who was robbed in the, story, in the story, don't we? Just to sort of finish off, you know, I'll just read another scripture, which is really important. Now, you can find this in Luke 4.18, but it's a quotation from, from Isaiah 61. So I'm going to find, read it from Isaiah 61. And of course, we can almost quote it off by heart, can't we? In our sort of churches, in this, in this church. What's he talking about? You're saying to yourself, aren't you? Never mind, you'll recognise it, I'll tell you. And if not, it's your homework for today, is to, for this week, is to memorise it. All right? So Isaiah 61. Tell you what, these big prophetic books are really worth reading. Do you know that? They are wonderful. Isaiah's wonderful. So... Right, where am I going? I'm going to tick that. I'm going to read it. Okay, it's English Standard Version. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Now, when Jesus, when Jesus quoted, read that scripture in, in Luke 4, verse 18, he was talking about himself, wasn't he? So, so when he said that, he was talking about himself. So the Spirit of the Lord. But actually, when we read it, we are talking about the anoint Jesus is not Jesus is anointing upon us. So when I read it this morning, and when you read it, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. How do you know? Because it says so. 
I don't, you don't feel that it is at times, do you? But it is because Jesus says it is. So the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. If the Lord's anointed you, put your hand up and say hallelujah. Okay, if he hasn't anointed you, be anointed, put your hand up and say hallelujah. Okay, just have faith, believe. We got it. We don't, we don't believe it sometimes because we don't use it enough. The more you use it, the more you get. Is that right? It's a river. That's another big, well, I could really go to town there, but I won't. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Hallelujah. He has sent me, this is it, to bind up the brokenhearted. And that bind up Hebrew word, it means bandage. To bind, it's a ba- it, it, one of the meanings is, is to bandage. Like the, the Samaritan, he bandaged the wounds, didn't he? And poured oil and wine on them. Now they, they used that as medicine. It, it, it had healing properties, oil and wine. Oil symbolises the Holy Spirit. Wine, the wine of God, is, is, is the new life that Jesus gives us. But we won't go there. But it's, the, but it's this bit. He has sent me to, to bandage, to bind up the brokenhearted. Brokenhearted. Man, that's a really good, really big word in, in, Hebrew, in the Hebrew. It's a big word because it means, it means to break in pieces. It means to shatter. So, when these, so the, the, the guy in the, in the Good Samaritan parable, you know, the, 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 the seven sons of Sceva, they were heavily traumatised, weren't they? So they were spiritually shattered. There are people out there who have had really bad experiences, now are having bad experiences, some are having the same bad experiences all the time, every day, and they're traumatised, they're smashed. Was that you one day? Have you been smashed? Were you smashed? But the anointing, Jesus' anointing, is to bandage. Is to to bind up. It's lovely. You know, I think Paul's been ministry, or in his book has been writing about Matthew 16. You know, to bind and to loose. It's the same word, Deo, I think it is, but it's to bind. And we... You know, and the Lord puts this ministry into the body so that we don't need to live in our traumatic past, you know, where we're still traumatized, where we're still controlled or semi-controlled, but Jesus heals us by his anointing, and every piece that's been shattered, he puts together supernaturally and heals us and makes us whole and strong and non-traumatized, you know, and one with him, free free to be ourselves, free to live the way he wants to live us, free not to live in the shadow of our past. So the Spirit of the Lord is here this morning. Before I sort of perhaps give opportunity to pray for people, this, this word is for those of you for all of us, because he wants us to minister to people out there, you know. And they might not be church goers, or they might have hang-ups about, you know, church and God and goodness knows what, but they still need healing. And we can sensitively, lovingly, with compassion, reach them, befriend them, listen to them, suggest that. 
And I think, you know, that, that, that we're here, leaders are here, you know, leaders are here to, to equip the church for the work of ministry. That's what we are brought up as our foundation, isn't it? That it is, it is to, to, to build up the body of Christ, but we are, but we are equipped to minister, to, to, to go every day, to expect to meet people like this. And they might not be the easiest people to handle, but that's why we need God's compassion, isn't it? Now, we've got it, but it's there, we need it. It isn't us in the natural. It's Jesus in us, isn't it? This was Jesus, and it was a Samaritan that he was talking about. But it was Jesus. He was talking about how he was and how his disciples need to be. Just put in one little thing about the seven sons of Sceva. I can't resist one thing. You can't imitate somebody else in the kingdom of God. Your hero might be Paul, or it might be somebody else, or Benny in, or somebody like that, if you like that sort of thing, which I do in small doses. <laughs> Man of God. But their job is to equip the body of Christ, not just to have big crucifixes. Anyway, don't. Stop it. <laughs> I, got, I was naughty there, wasn't I? You, can't, you don't need to imitate it because you've got it. You've got Jesus. You've got the anointing. You've got it. You've got to get out of your little boat and walk on water and experience the fact that you move supernaturally. And don't call for the pastor every time. you got it. Get out of your boat. Jesus is with you and go for it. But be sensitive. Be in time. That's the thing that Christians aren't very good at. They run in, you know, they bang you on the head with the Bible and that's it. But you need compassion, don't you? Right, anybody still suffering from trauma this morning? I'm sure there are, there, are, there might be one or two. I mean, you'd like, you'd like some prayer. So something which is still there, which still follows you around, a shadow or voices or whatever. I don't expect... You know, if there is, I'm just going to make the opportunity. Okay? If there isn't, then just sit where you are. Don't miss it, though. It might be a Kairos moment for you, so don't miss it. I'm very casual and laid back and chilled. I don't pressurise people. But if God's pressurising you, get out here quick. <laughs> you want to come out, just walk it, it out. It links no, just... with what Bill said. And something happened in our lives... Um, and it caused us great sorrow. Um, and it was a relationship that was broken, and it caused us real sorrow, and there was some bitterness, and there was some stuff there. And But over time, the Lord gave us the ability to forgive this person. And, you know, the liberty that came with forgiveness, and that's healing too. You know, and sometimes there are things which have happened which do cause um, pain in our lives and which do hang on. But if... It's a situation where you need to release a person. And, and I know you know this. It's, you've heard all this before. But, but that's part of healing with us as well. It heals you. 